So the Wall Street Journal has basically confirmed that the COVID virus leaked from a lab. They're calling this a bombshell. They say that the U.S. Department of Energy, after investigating, concluded that the most likely scenario is the lab leak. Christopher Wray this week, the FBI director, said that the FBI came to the same conclusion. Now, this is not a bombshell to those of us who have known this for two years, for conspiracy theorists like me, science deniers like me. And can we finally call this the Chinese virus? Remember, Trump Trump was a racist. He was a bigot for calling it the Chinese virus. Well, can we finally label it that? Because that's exactly what it is. All right, more on the lab leak coming up. Plus, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot got crushed in the mayoral race in Chicago. And and she says that she lost because she's black and she's a woman. You cannot make this stuff up. Apparently, when Lori Lightfoot ran for mayor the first time and won, she was not a black woman then because somehow the racist voters in Chicago elected her the first time that Lightfoot ran. So that is coming up as well. According to a new poll, Trump is still the man to beat. He's obliterating all the other candidates, including Ron DeSantis, who by far is the number two. This is not a surprise to me. Trump in this new poll is beating DeSantis by 30 points. Trump beat in one, depending on how they break this down, because they structure this different way, right ways. But in one of these polls, Trump beats Nikki Haley by 61 points. So this is an Emerson College poll. It's a legit poll. Emerson, I don't trust any poll. I'm always skeptical, and we know that they could be way, way off. But in this Emerson College poll, Trump has 55% of the vote versus DeSantis at 25%, and Mike Pence at 8%, Nikki Haley at just 5%. Now, that's in the full field. That's when they take into account even the candidates who have not yet announced, because only three candidates have officially, we know that uh, DeSantis is getting ready to run. Just a question of making it official. We know Mike Pence is getting ready to run, but officially it's only Trump, Nikki Haley, and Vivek Ramaswamy. And in that field, Trump crushes Haley by 61 points. Uh, Trump has 79 percent in in Trump versus Haley versus Ramaswamy. Nikki Haley, 18 percent, 4 percent Vivek Ramaswamy. I kind of like Vivek Ramaswamy. I'm not being facetious there. I know a lot of people never heard of him. You know, he's new on the scene. But he's going to get 4% now because nobody's ever heard of him. But once he gets himself out there, he might be able to be, he might be able to beat Nikki Haley. He might be able to land uh, some more, you know, some higher percentages. So we'll wait and see about that. But look, I'm not at all surprised. I keep trying to explain this to people. And a lot of people can be pushed back. No, Trump has so many negatives. You, you can love him or hate him. That's not my issue. You could tell me that, listen, you think you have Trump fatigue and uh, other DeSantis can do what Trump can do. He's got all the positives out of the negatives. You know my feelings about that. I don't think anybody has the positives that Trump has because I just think under the pressure, when you're being crushed by the media, crushed by your own party, um, who, you know, questioning your move, picking you apart, uh, giving you terrible coverage, media coverage, it's very, very hard to withstand that kind of pressure. Trump is the only one I've ever seen do it. But that's not the issue. Whatever you think, whether you like him or not, he's going to win the primaries. In my opinion, I'm predicting this because Trump has his like 40 percent of loyalists. You know, I've said this before. Uh, DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, maybe throw Rubio in the mix. Uh, they they split. The, and by the way, Tim Scott, Tim Scott, who I'm a big, big supporter, a big fan of Senator Tim Scott. And he may run. And I say that all of them split the conservative vote because nobody gravitates to just one candidate. For whatever reason, some conservatives prefer Nikki Haley, some some prefer Pence, some prefer DeSantis, whereas Trump, the Trump supporters, it's Trump or bust. I mean, there are people who support Bernie Sanders, who support President Trump, tells you everything you need to know. And all right, back to the COVID uh, lab leak, OK? 
This is very important because if you look at the facts objectively, how are we able? I didn't investigate. Okay, why have I been saying this for over two years and I'm on record? And you know that that uh, it leaked from a lab based on the evidence that I saw, because if you look at the facts objectively, this did not come from a bat. This came from the Wuhan lab and the epicenter of the virus is a few miles away from the Wuhan lab. Okay, it's like it doesn't take a genius. But but here's the reason. Why was this such a threat to people on the left? Because Trump believed the lab leak theory. Okay, and they they admitted this this week. Those people on the View, the television show, it's and it's not because uh, if it leaked from the from the Wuhan lab, that means that it was funded by Fauci. That means that Fauci funded the research, the gain of function research that led to the COVID virus, most likely led to it. Um, that's actually not the threat. The threat is because they have this derangement where if Trump believes it, we have to go the other direction, even when the facts are staring us in the face. And it's so important because it shows you that they cannot, they'll look at reality and they'll deny the, the, the clear-cut reality in their face because Trump believes it. So yeah, Trump believes the sky is blue. This, we got to figure this out, guys. The sky cannot possibly be blue. And it's the same reason, by the way, that people on the left still support China and supported China for years, defended China, said you can't Trump can't crush China with tariffs. Makes no sense. Why would you defend China? They defend Iran. They're trying to cut a deal with Iran. It is beyond irrational. Iran, now they announced, we're going to get to this, I guess, later, 12 days away, 12 days away from a nuclear weapon, 84 percent. Um, purity of uh, uranium enrichment in Iran, and and Iran's not denying it. So you got the inspectors uh, saying it's true, and then Iran's not even denying it. So why no nobody's disputing this? That's terrifying. And yet Biden continues to let Iran get away with it. Dr. Fauci says we may never know the true origin of the COVID virus. That's very convenient for him because, as I said. He funded gain-of-function research. He said, well, yeah, we get, we basically use the honor system. That, that's what Fauci literally – we played you that clip at one point that Fauci said, yeah, we trusted China that if we told them don't do gain-of-function research with the money through Eco Health Alliance, we've, we, we didn't inspect the lab. We took them at their word, and that means that, by, that Fauci essentially funded the creation of the virus. By the way, at the end of the show, we will give you a list of nine COVID myths which have been debunked in recent weeks. It's very interesting. Lori Lightfoot lost her bid for re-election. Lightfoot is the first mayor in 40 years in Chicago to lose her bid for re-election. That is pretty bad. And the reason is not because she's black. It's because Chicago, she's the worst mayor ever. Okay, second worst mayor. Okay, de Blasio is the worst and Lightfoot is the second worst. I'll grant you that. Maybe. It's a it's a toss-up. But, I mean, the, the city of Chicago is more dangerous than virtually any city in Pakistan. Okay, it's more dangerous than Islamabad, Pakistan. It's more dangerous than North Korea. Uh, like and by the way, Lightfoot didn't even come in the top two. She came, she came in third. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Lightfoot, you know, she lost because of her race. She lost because of her gender. She didn't come in in the top two. She didn't make the runoff. She came in third. Uh, it's just unbelievable. Here's a quote from a tweet that I saw: Lightfoot's decision to become a black woman only after being elected in 2019 will be studied for decades as a huge political error. <laughs> Her decision to become a black woman after she was elected. By the way, who says she's even a woman and who says she's even black? I think you can decide what you want to be. Maybe the, she decided the first time around that she'd be a white man, and that's why she won. So here's the thing. She was elected despite being a black woman. And maybe you could even argue that race had something to do with her being elected in the first place. But if the voters are racist, as she claims, and the media in Chicago is racist, then how did she get elected the first time? She lost because Chicago is a war zone. I mean, Chicago has so many murders. Chicago is more dangerous than Ukraine. Uh, you give me a choice between being in the south side of Chicago for a week or being in Ukraine. I'm picking 
Ukraine. It is one of the Chicago is one of the most dangerous cities on the planet. By the way, the main victims are black people. Okay, it's it's not white children that are being shot every weekend in Chicago. So if you're black in Chicago, you have to be nuts to vote for Lightfoot for re-election. Okay. By the way, she may have won the first time because of racism. Because what happens is the media props up the candidates who are black and the Democrat Party, and it's like no, they win on merit, but they lose because of race, right? She lost because of her. She she won the first time, likely or possibly because of her race and of her gender. Okay, and that she says I was qualified, I won on merit, and then she loses because of her abysmal record, and then she blames it on race and gender. You cannot make this stuff up. Uh, We mentioned last time Biden has decided we're using tax dollars to pay pensions. We're paying pensions for people. No, not for American citizens, but for people in Ukraine. It's not even illegals. Illegals, at least, are in the United States right now. No, now we're paying the pensions of Ukrainian citizens with our tax dollars. Well, do you know how much the shortfall was in the U.S. for pensions uh, in 2022? In 2022, the the pension shortfall, because, of course, we don't have the money to cover pensions. The shortfall was one point four trillion dollars, $1.4 trillion, which is a huge amount of money. That's like more than a quarter of the of the yearly budget, basically. And in, in 2022, the pension shortfall in the United States was $1.4 trillion. So we can't afford to pay pensions. Not, not only can't afford, we're not even close. $1.4 trillion, and yet we're funding pensions of Ukrainians. Somebody please explain that to me. And people can't afford to fill up their car with gas, can't afford to buy a car, can't afford to buy a dozen eggs. All right, back to COVID. So they mocked Trump. They called it a conspiracy theory, right? You were a racist if you called it the Chinese virus. Where's the apology now that we discover that it really did, Trump was right all along and it really did leak from a lab? Mask mandates. The New York Times admits that the mask mandates did nothing. And do you know now, by the way, the COVID vaccine, and listen, as I always say, disclaimer, Do not listen to me for medical advice. Never, ever make any medical decisions based on anything that I say. Speak to a doctor. Do your own research. But the vaccine is banned. Now, the COVID vaccine is banned in the U.K. for people under 50 who are not high risk. So if somebody who's in their 40s right now in the U.K. is not high risk and they're not a healthcare worker, they're not even able to get the COVID vaccine. And that tells me the U.K. is worried that it's it's not safe, or at the very least, the risks outweigh the benefits for people under 50. And that's the U.K. The U.K. is pretty liberal. And how is that not getting more attention from the mainstream media? So the overwhelming evidence that COVID leaked from a lab, workers at the Wuhan lab became infected with a virus very similar, eerily similar to COVID months before, months before the uh, virus was spreading throughout Wuhan. Remember, that was in December and January 2022. But weeks before that, you already had scientists at the Wuhan lab mysteriously becoming infected with this mystery virus that strongly resembled COVID. And we know this. There, there are reports, there are hospital records of this. There are no... And by the way, we know all that we know without actually any cooperation from China. China has done everything they could to thwart. And Christopher Ray said this, FBI director. He said that China has done... Everything they could made every effort to thwart every investigation, which we already know. And the WHO, remember, they did that phony, bogus uh, investigation inspection of the Wuhan lab. And the WHO themselves said, oh, we don't trust this report. This report, uh, you know, China manipulated the report. So that's the WHO. They're they're as pro-China as it comes. They're they're a co-conspirator. There are no live bats in Wuhan. The bats are in caves, not in these uh, large metropolises like Wuhan. No bat has ever been found uh, possessing or having a virus even remotely resembling COVID. The virus has a spike protein that latches onto cells 
that makes it highly transmissible. They've never seen a similar spike protein in any other virus, so that suggests that it's been manipulated. So the overwhelming evidence, look, a lot of the evidence is circumstantial, but that's all you're going to get because China won't let us come in and investigate, obviously. Um, remember, the U.S. scientists under Obama, Obama sent a team of scientists in to expect the, inspect the Wuhan lab because we were funding research there. And this is under Obama, pre-Trump. And they said it was a pandemic waiting to happen. They said, listen, there are dangerous conditions over here. That's if you believe it was a lab leak. I'm not convinced. I think that China might have released it on purpose. But like the best case scenario is that it leaked out of a lab. Uh, As I said, epicenter of the virus several miles from the Wuhan lab. So like it doesn't take Sherlock Holmes to figure this out, that it leaked out of a lab. And I'll just read you this here. In previous cases of animal to human transmission, researchers uncovered intermediate hosts, intermediate animal hosts, and signs of infections in animal traders within months of the outbreak. Three years into the COVID pandemic, they have not found any bat source population or COVID circulating in an intermediate species that's a conduit between bats and humans or any evidence that COVID was present anywhere else before it happened in Wuhan. Pretty bizarre since it came out of a bat hundreds of miles away and somehow was transmitted to a human. That's If you think, out of, if you think that COVID came out of a bat then you are a conspiracy theorist, okay? We're not the conspiracy theorists. People that think that it came with the overwhelming evidence that it came out of the lab, the Wuhan lab, and virtually no evidence. There is nothing to support that it came from a bat directly to a human. Then you're the conspiracy theorist for thinking it came out of a bat. Um, By the way, the liberal Washington Post debunked the false claim that Trump caused that train to derail in East Palestine, Ohio. So this is interesting. Uh, Pete Buttigieg has been saying, oh, it's Trump. Don't blame me. Blame Trump. Literally, Buttigieg said this, and and, and the Biden administration, they're saying Trump is the one who caused the train to do everything. They blame Trump for everything, right? They blame blame Trump for the economy, blame Trump for everything. So, and, and, and of course, they don't credit Trump. The vaccine that they love, they don't credit Trump for. You could debate the vaccine, but the Democrats who push the vaccine, promote the vaccine, and uh, think the vaccine is the best thing that ever happened. Well, who's the man who gave you the vaccine three years earlier than it should have happened? Uh, so, but they're blaming Trump. How did Trump cause the train? Was Trump standing on the train? If you listen to Buttigieg, you listen to Biden, you would think, and, and and KJP, you would think that Trump was standing there, like derailing the train. Like, all right, I'm not going to let this train pass. Hazardous materials. We're going to derail. Sky stand here. Let's push together and derail the train. You can't make it up. So, but they, this is what they said. They said that Trump's deregulation. They said it was Trump policy that caused the train to derail because there wasn't enough oversight because basically somehow Trump took away certain regulations that would have prevented the trail from derailing. It, they, they made it up. They gave no source. They gave they didn't specify which, dere- which, which deregulation of Trump's and then comes along the Washington Post, which is no fan of Trump and debunked it, fact, did a fact check and said, no, nothing to do with Trump. It's amazing that it has to be debunked. I mean, that Buttigieg, Buttigieg blames Trump for the derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, and, like, anybody believes him, like, it's so easy. Oh, well, it was Trump's fault. Well, which which law? Which policy? Just name it. Tell us what happened. Uh, th- this is what happened. Buttigieg said, well, Trump took off certain regulations on travel, which is probably true, and that caused the train to derail. Well, it's a lie. Washington Post concluded none of the regulatory changes made during the Trump administration uh, contributed to the train derailment, which, of course, as we know, spewed toxic gases into the air, caused a lot of people there to get sick, to be sick. It's still a very, very, oh, just horrific situation. Uh, this w- review by the Post analyzed all regulatory changes made by Trump. There is no connection to the train derailment. They ra- examined several, um, a, a whole range of factors, 
including changes to rules surrounding the transport of hazardous materials, rail inspections, and crew training. The cause of the derailment was likely due to track conditions, crew error, and mechanical issues totally unrelated to Trump. If the Washington Post said it, then there is no doubt that it's true. There, Buttigieg, Biden caught in another lie. A new report says, get this, New York City is on track to spend, you know how much money to house illegals in fancy hotels? New York City is on track to spend $90 million to place illegals, to keep illegals housed in fancy hotels in New York City. And there's something deeper going on here. That's what I want to explain is they're using tax dollars, including not just New York City, they're using federal tax dollars to basically pump up the city, the, the economy in New York City, which is a disaster right now because so many people flocked out because of the crime and because of all the COVID restrictions. So many people left New York City. So New York City right now is, is like basically on the verge of bankruptcy. The economy in New York City is a disaster because uh, there's nobody there. So here's what they're doing. They're bringing illegals to New York City and then they're using it as an excuse to spend millions of dollars. And that millions of dollars goes to these hotels. The hotels are thrilled because the hotels are making a ton of money at the expense of tax dollars. And of course, they're trashing their hotels because of all these illegals, but they don't care. Uh, New York City Health and Hospitals President Mitchell Katz authorized over $92 million to house illegals in Manhattan just through spring of 2023, so the next few months. And this is a Ponzi scheme because this is what happens is they come up with ways. This is so important. It's not just uh, this, the, the illegal crisis, the, the, the border crisis. They come up with all these ways basically to force the taxpayers to fund the, the things that they want to fund. So as I said, Eric Adams needs money in New York City, needs to prop up these hotels, prop up the economy. Because New York City is hemorrhaging money. So many people have left. Companies have left New York City. So keep inviting elite. And and they do this with other things, too. They do this with student loans as well, where they figure out ways that force the government and force taxpayers to basically fund things, use tax dollars, use government funding to fund all these things that are supposed to be spent with private dollars. So it's socialism. They figure out all these ways, these legal ways, these loopholes to spread socialism. And it really is crushing so many people, so many middle class people, especially. So Eric Adams inviting illegals. Biden's allowing them to cross the border. Then Adams begs the federal government, we need billions of dollars because we have a crisis. And then they spend the billions of dollars on New York City hotels. OK, and that helps. That, of course, helps the economy, helps New York City. And then they keep the, the vicious cycle going. So you see how they do this. They artificially pump up the New York City economy using our tax dollars and pump up local businesses after their policies just basically drove Millions of people away, drove them to Florida. So it's totally egregious. They do it with student loan forgiveness. It looks like now the Supreme Court, we have to see, but the Supreme Court sort of uh, hinted or at least uh, it, it su- suggested, uh, you know, some people think the Supreme Court arguments this week on Biden's student loan forgiveness because there was a lawsuit. They think the student, uh, the, the Supreme Court is likely to overrule and to overturn and to reverse Biden's student loan forgiveness. Let's hope that is the case. But they do this with Obamacare, with health care, government-backed mortgages, electric vehicle subsidies. They've turned the country socialist. So they want to pump up these electric vehicle companies, except for Tesla, of course, because they don't like Tesla, um, which is the the best electronic vehicle, uh, electric vehicle. So they, they, they want to pump those up and they want to hurt the oil companies and the gas companies and the, the conventional cars, the combustion engine uh, car companies. So they give out subsidies, government-funded subsidies to these EV companies, government-backed mortgages, health, the health care system is virtually all controlled now by the federal government between Medicare and Medicaid, and they expanded Medicaid and, and, and Obamacare and everything else. This is what they do, is they figure out ways to basically have socialism creep into virtually every industry in the country. They've woven government spending in ways it forces 
taxpayers to basically pay for everything the Democrats want to pay for. And many of the hotels have reported inhabitants trashed their rooms. No, no kidding. Uh, as I said, Iran is 12 days away from a nuclear weapon. That is terrifying. We'll keep an eye on that. New study, Google News is extremely biased. There's a group called All Sides that did this study. They're exposing media bias in general. Google News displays articles from the left uh, far more often than articles from the right. Not a shock. Anyone who's used Google News can tell. The analysis revealed 61% of media outlets on Google News homepage over a five-day period came from sources on the left, just 3% from news outlets on the right. Okay, I'll repeat that. Uh, 61% of media outlets uh, on Google News' homepage uh, over a five-day period came were, le- were from the left. 61%, just 3% outlets on the right. Not a surprise, but listen, here's the thing. Well, you'll say, okay, well, doesn't everybody know that Google News is biased to the left? No, because millions of people rely on Google News, just like the New York Times. Millions of people use Google News as their main news source, assuming, well, Google News. I mean, I'm sure that they're objective, and people are brainwashed. They don't know. I know it's shocking because it seems so obvious to you and me. And by the way, if you ever search Google for a story— uh, I'm not, you know, Google News is like an aggregate of news. But if you ever search Google looking for a certain story, I mean, you're never going to find a conservative article, conservative version of the story like Fox News, Daily Wire, Washington Examiner. Like there's no chance. So anyone searching for anything on Google, of course, is only going to get the leftist stance, which is pretty terrifying. Uh, a listener said, uh, you know, we talked about sending weapons to Ukraine. And look, number one to me is a no brainer is we don't send them any more money certainly not paying off their pensions. You want to send them weapons, that's a different story. But even weapons, I'm really skeptical. I, you know, Putin right now has his hands full. You know, they're saying, well, Putin's going to invade other NATO countries. Putin, this has been a big failure for Putin. He's not going to pull out. His ego won't let him. Uh, you know, but, but, but Russia, the fact that Ukraine, big bad Russia, everybody expected them to obliterate Ukraine in a matter of days. And here they're still resisting. Uh, you know, a year later, I, I don't believe that Putin is invading other NATO countries anytime soon. So to someone who suggests, well, listen, you got to pump up Ukraine with weapons and uh, that could really crush Putin. I used to say that. I, I'll be honest. I made a mistake. I was wrong and I'll gladly admit it. I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong, but uh, it makes no sense to me to send weapons to Ukraine at this point because it's just not going anywhere. It's just a stalemate. So like you're really gaining nothing. What, you think you're keeping Putin distracted longer? I'm sorry. I, I just don't buy it. But, you know, I think the, the U.S. military and the Pentagon loves getting engaged in these battles that have nothing to do with the United States. I was I thought that somehow this would be a chance for us to bring down Putin. I just don't believe that for a second. It's just going to drag it out even longer. And who knows how it ends? We don't know. But if you want to send them weapons, fine. Don't send them money. But then a listener says to me, listen, I said, why are we sending them the weapons? The Europeans are much closer. The Europeans are much more under Putin's threat. So like to me, the Europeans have much more of a stake in this, yet we're the ones who are bailing everybody out. So this, I said, you know, the U.S. should send a small percentage, but it should be divided among NATO, among Canada. And a listener said, but we're the ones who have all the weapons. The United States is the one that has all the weapons. So of course, we're sending them the weapons because who else has the weapons? Canada doesn't have weapons. The U.S. military has weapons. You think you think the U.K., you think England, you think France has weapons? You think Germany has weapons? They have some, but we're the ones with the huge stockpile. That was the point. So it has to be us. And to which my response is, yeah, that, that, that argument doesn't work because think about that argument. It's like a vicious cycle. Well, we're the ones. Why, do we, why are we the ones that have all the weapons? Because we're the policeman. Everybody relies on us. So they know that we're going to step in. So therefore, it like, it's built into like the military budget is we have to have a lot of weapons. Well, why? We're not fighting any wars. Why can't we wait? And when we need the weapons, we'll, we'll – and I'm a, big, I'm a big fan of defense. 
But we have all this defense spending. We 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 stockpile and store all these weapons, and then we 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 send them to other countries, and then we give away ninety billion dollars of weapons to the Taliban when we pull out of Afghanistan. So it's like a total waste. So you're going to say, well, the, the, why does the U.S. have it? Because it's been accepted that we're the ones who need to have it because nobody else is going to have it. That's the problem. That's what Trump kept trying to trying to fight with NATO. Is it's like this catch twenty two vicious cycle where. Well, nobody else has weapons. Okay, well, we're just going to have to make more. Well, no, no, put it on them. If they're the ones in danger, stop making the weapons. Okay, we have enough weapons, and let somebody else do it. And if they don't do it, well, then too bad. We'll tell. Trust me, when the UK and the Europeans know that the United States is not going to bail them out, they'll start having more weapons. They'll start stockpiling and developing more weapons. I'm not saying you, you don't have to share. You could share technology with them. I'm not saying don't share your technology with them. You can help them build the weapons, but it's always our money. Or if they want to pay us and we'll build the weapons for them, buy it off of us. I'm fine with that too. That's fine because then we're using it as, as you know to make the money, or at least we're covering our costs. But this notion that well, like where does it end? Well, we're the policeman, so therefore we have to have all the weapons. Like, ask yourself, why does Canada not have weapons? They have money; they could buy the weapons for the United States because they don't need to because they know that we're always going to be the ones bailing everybody out. Well, the second that stops, you have to stop that cycle. It, it, it's almost like oh, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. I'm not saying it's quite like. Uh, when you support an alcoholic or a drug addict and you know they're not able to hold down a job and you just keep feeding their addiction. I think gov- a lot of government spending is like that. It's just an addiction. The government loves spending. They're addicted to spending and they use our tax dollars and it just keeps reinforcing because there's like no way to stop it. Well, we need the money because we already, you know, we, we, we created all these spending programs. So now it's a self-fulfilling thing is the issue. I hope hope I'm being clear on this. So yeah, we have all the weapons, but we have all the weapons because that's how the whole thing has been designed for many, many decades. And we have to pull out of that because we can't afford it. The United States, $31 trillion in debt and a massive budget deficit. We cannot afford to keep sending everybody weapons. The time has come where wean them off. Say, listen, you guys have to make your own weapons. Pay us the money. We will help you, gladly help you do it. But we don't have to be there bailing everybody out when there are so many. If, look, if millions of Americans were not struggling. If inflation wasn't out of control, if people could afford gas prices, eggs, basic staples, uh, cars. And, you know, if people were thriving, if, if, if people were flourishing in the United States right now, if, if, if prosperity was at a high, yeah, you want to spend tax dollars on sending weapons to all these other countries. We can have that conversation. I'm still skeptical. We can have that conversation. I'm not an isolationist, but Americans are struggling. Millions of Americans cannot meet their monthly rent payments, monthly, monthly mortgage, can't go to the grocery store without using a credit card and, and then spending enormous money on credit card debt and credit card interest uh, payments. So, yeah, now is not the time to be sending weapons all over the place, all over the, all over the world. All right, I know I promised uh, the nine things, the COVID things, but we're a little bit out of time, so we're going to have to wait on that. That's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.